0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وافضل الصلاة واتم التسليم على سيد الاولين والاخرين سيدنا محمد خاتم الانبياء وامام المرسلين وعلى اله الطيبين الطاهرين واصحابه الغر الميامين ومن تبعهم بهدى واحسانا الى يوم الدين وعلينا معهم وفيهم برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين اللهم نوينا التعلم والتعليم وتذكر والتذكير والنفع والانتفاع والإفادة والاستفادة والحثع تمسك بكتاب الله وسنة رسوله والدعاء إلى الهدى والدلال على الخير ابتغاء وجه الله ومرضاته وقربه وثوابه سبحانه وتعالى الحمد لله. so we're coming to towards the conclusion of this book and now we want to really start thinking about ways and it was Uh, This morning for those who were able to attend the reflection session after Fajr, it was really beautiful to hear from people how what we've learned, this sacred knowledge that we've been absorbing and uh, learning from, has really started to even influence our perspective of the things around us and how we're going to translate this into action. And the easiest and clearest way to translate it into action is through the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Imam al-Ghazali says at the beginning, that uh, obedience is a natural result and a consequence of love. Right? So that when you have love, uh, obedience to your beloved, fulfilling the commands of your beloved, uh, being grateful to the one who bestowed every blessing upon you and fulfilling Uh, His rights, subhanahu wa ta'ala, to the best of our ability, that becomes something very natural to the heart and soul. So that's one of the uh, most important ways that we translate this love. And that we have now in our ibadah, as Shaykh Yahya has been saying, before we pray, you know, pray with love. When you make sujood, make sujood with love, and so forth. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq, to translate these meanings and hold on to them in our lives beyond this weekend, inshallah. There was actually, I apologize, there was actually a section yesterday uh, on the sections of a sign of the servant's love for Allah that I forgot to cover. And I think it's actually a very important section. So if you'll uh, allow me, I'll cover it briefly and then we're going to talk about the merit of Ridha, of contentment. So, uh, so we'll just cover this, this final portion of the section that we were looking at yesterday. And then we'll uh, cover the section that we're supposed to cover today related to Ridha. So Imam Al-Ghazali says, Of the signs of a servant's love for Allah, and يَكُونَ فِي حُبِّهِ خَائِفًا مُتَضَائِلًا تَحْتَ الهيبة وَالتَّعْظِيمِ This is really important because now we're able to understand the proper place and how fear relates to love. Because sometimes people, uh, when we talk about love, that it completely has all absence or no connotations of fear. Why would you fear anything from your beloved? And it's not the same kind of fear as the you know, uh, doom and gloom, fire and brimstone—that we talked about before—it's a different kind of fear. It's a fear now that's colored by love. So Imam Al Ghazali says is that in your love, you have a fear and a humility under, uh, in, 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 when facing or when experiencing Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala's awe and His exaltedness, and when you are in awe of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. In your love and your awe, you feel a uh, humility, a fear, a uh, lowliness before the exaltedness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he says, Some people think that fear is the opposite of love. That's not the case. When you comprehend exaltedness and majesty, it necessitates naturally. You would feel awe before Him. You would feel, you know, intimidated before the greatness of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. كَمَا أنا إدْرَاكَ الْجَمَالِ يُوَجِّبُ الْحُبَّ. Just like when you witness beauty, it necessitates love. الْمُحِبِّينَ maqam فِي مَقَامِ لَيْسَتْ لِغَيْرِهِمْ. And for the elect of the lovers, they have a station or they have experiences of fear in their love that other people don't have. So we're gonna talk about that. So it says, The first is the fear of Allah turning away from them or turning them away from Him. One of the most painful torments is, and we're just bringing it into the, the language that we know in this world, is if someone is deeply in love with another person, and that person couldn't care less about them. It's, you know, the person is going through all this torment, and this is what a lot of love poetry is about. This love that cannot actually be fulfilled, that it's keeping me up at night, and Majnoon is, you know, walking around in a daze if the love is not reciprocated, it's torment. So the lover of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they're fearful that they're not uh, going to be worthy or they're not going to be given love from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that they will be veiled from Him. And the ulama, they say, in addition to the pleasures of paradise and in addition to the punishment of the fire, The greatest pleasure in paradise is the removal of any veil between us and Allah. And the greatest torment in the fire is the complete and absolute veil between the people of the fire and Allah. So the lovers, they're fearful of that. So they fear distance and being veiled from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Imam al-Ghazali says something really profound that... The Prophet Sau, uh, one day, suddenly, they saw that he had multiple white hairs appear. All of a sudden, literally overnight, that one day the Messenger of Allah, his hair and his beard, they were black. The next day there are multiple. And the Sahaba they counted. Some said 13, 15, 17. But it was noticeable that you have some new black hairs, uh, some new white hairs. So Sayyidina Abu Bakr anhu, they asked, they said, Ya Rasulullah, where did this white hair come from? And he said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, shayyabatni hudu akhwatuha, O kama qal. That the Surah hud and its companion surahs, its accompanying surahs, made my hair go gray. And Imam al-Ghazali says, it is the verse where Allah says, li thamud لِثَمُودِ bu'dan li لِمَدْيًا كَمَا بَعِدَتْ thamud. You know, that Thamud, the people of Thamud who disbelieved dis- in Allah, Allah says they are put at a great distance. We have distanced Thamud. And we distance Madian, the people of Madian, just as we distance the people of Thamud. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, you know, uh, uh, saying that statement, that statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, rather, that He distanced these people, the intensity of the reality. Of that made the Prophet's hair go gray as it relates to Surah Hud. Tamam? So just as someone who loves, they love to be close and they fear losing that love. Or they fear that that love is going to not be given in return and so forth. Another kind of fear related to love is that a person fears the lovers. This is beautiful. This is... Imam al-Ghazali is so exact and precise, is the fear that a person in the rank and the degrees of love, that they will stop at a certain point and not increase. The people of Allah, they fear complacency. The people of Allah, even if they have this love, they start to fear that they will get to a point where they become complacent and that they're not given an increase. That's something that they're scared of and fearful of. So that's another one of the ways that Imam al-Ghazali says the sign of a servant's love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that they fear, I have enough love. That's That's not how love really works. You always want more. And that they'll get to a point where they say, I have enough. But rather... And that in, it compels them and pushes them towards always seeking more, always seeking more. And there's always more because we are finite and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, uh, always has more to give us. Jalla jalalu. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa there's a really beautiful hadith. We mentioned it in the... Uh, Interactive session with the brothers It's worth covering Where the Prophet He said <laughs> The Prophet sallallahu And some people misunderstand this hadith The Prophet In the hadith where That teaches us that he would say As-taghfirullah At least 70 times a day That he said, "Sallallahu wa wasallam," and this is narrated by Bukhari and Muslim. Uh, different narrations of it that uh, my heart becomes covered, and I, when it becomes covered, I then ask Allah for forgiveness seventy times a day. So some people say, "What does it mean for it? the Prophet Sallallahu heart to become covered?" His heart, Sallallahu is not like other hearts. If, if someone at our level says, my heart is covered, it means heedlessness for most people. For the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, hasha. He is the one, Sallallahu Alaihi who said, my eyes sleep, but my heart never sleeps. So if that's in the case of physical rest, his heart never sleeps, it's with Allah, Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Then what about during the day when he's remembering Allah, even outwardly, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? they say, the ulama say that it becomes covered with anwar, that his heart would be covered with light. And Imam al-Ghazali says that when the Messenger of Allah sallam Allah would give him anuta tajalli, Allah would cover his heart with light, and then he would have an even greater reverence and uh, deepness of servitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And witness Allah subhanahu wa taala's complete right of ibadah, and witness His Majesty and beauty at an even greater level. And when the Messenger of Allah sallallahu experienced that, he would feel that he had not given Allah subhanahu wa taala the full right that he was due. So he would ask Allah forgiveness for the previous degree that he was in. But it's not because it was the way that you and I ask Allah for forgiveness. When the Messenger of Allah would see what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is deserving of, he would say, astaghfirullah, realizing his ubudiyah, and that Allah is deserving of more than anyone could ever give. Which is why he would say, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لا أحصيثنا أن عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك I cannot encompass your praise the only Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala is the only one who knows Allah. So the Prophet Sallallahu would say, "You are as you have praised yourself. The best I can say is how you have praised yourself, O Allah." So that goes back to the fear of not having an increase. The messenger of Allah Sallallahu at least 70 times a day he would be given an increase and an increase and an increase and even in the barzakh even in the life of the grave, he's given an increase and an increase. How would he not be given an increase when every single thing that every Muslim ever does or ever has done or ever will do is in the scale of his good deeds? Sallallahu alayhi wa wa Ya Allah. So that's the fear of just getting to a point where I have enough love and not wanting more. The muhibbin, the, the that's one of their fears. Another is ma la Is that they fear, this is really beautiful, this is a, something that we should all try to aspire to have. <clears throat> that they fear missing out on something that they might never get a second chance to, to attain again. So why is Ramadan so important? Ramadan, the month. The brother here, his name is Ramadan, Mashallah, <laughs> Beautiful name, Mashallah, And his brother is al Awad. <laughs> it's true, I'm not joking. MashaAllah. Mashallah. Allah bless your parents. <laughs> why is Ramadan so important? And so, why do we emphasize it and love it so much? Because none of us ever, we don't even know if we're going to make it to this upcoming Ramadan. Which is actually coming very soon. We don't know if we're going to make it to this Ramadan. So the the ulama and the people of Allah, they remind us in Ramadan, you know, all of the ahadith about the fada'il of Ramadan, about the opportunity. And the lover says, I don't know if I'm going to get another opportunity like this. So I fear missing out on something that I might not get another chance to attain. So the lovers have that kind of fear as well. So you see the relationship between love and fear that they're not opposites, but that in any degree of love, there's always going to be some fear uh, connected to it at a certain level. Now, another fear that the lovers have, that Imam Al-Ghazali says, is a sign of the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or that the servant loves Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, خوف الاستبدال به من القلب من حبه is the fear that their heart, after being completely focused on Allah and immersed in the love of Allah, because the, na- the name of the heart in Arabic is Al-Qalb, and the Qalb means in Arabic something that flips Allah, switches and changes Allah and flips, that they fear that their heart will flip to love something other than Allah. And what we mean is, that doesn't mean the Prophet or anything connected to Allah as Imam al Ghazali said, that all of that is part of the love that we have for Allah. That's not what they mean. But something that's not beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, something of the dunya and so forth. <coughs> so they fear that their heart will turn. But what does that kind of fear do? It keeps a person careful, it keeps a person focused. They say, Al multafit la yasli. The one who al-Multafit in Arabic means the one who looks around. If you're trying to get to your goal, they say the one who looks around a lot doesn't get to their goal. And the Prophet al when he went on the Isra' and Mi'raj, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said his sight never wavered. Even paradise and all of these amazing signs that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed him. Of the akhirah and Paradise and the Fire and all different kinds of things Sidratul Muntaha and Jibreel in his full form All of those things The Prophet Sallallahu was yearning to meet Allah alone He wasn't distracted by those things in the least bit He took whatever Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala wanted him to understand from those things But he just wanted to meet his Lord Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala So, that a person is fearful, I don't want my heart ever to sway to any other kind of love. So then Imam Al-Ghazali says, "Mm, So the lover is never devoid of some fear. And the one who is fearful is never devoid of some love. وَلَكِنَ الَّذِي غَلَبَتْ عَلَيْهِ الْمَحَبَّةُ حَتَّى اتَّسَعَ فِيهَا وَلَمْ يَكُنْ لَهُ مِنَ الْخَوْفِ إِلَّا يَسِيرٌ يُقَالُ هُوَ فِي مَقَامِ الْمَحَبَّةُ But in the case of someone who love has overtaken them and they they have experienced a great portion of that, such that there's only a little bit of fear left, they say that that person is in the maqam, is in the station of love. مَقَامُ الْمَحَبَّةُ وي, من الْمُحِبِّينَ And they're considered of the lovers. نعم. وَكَانَ شعب الخوف يَسْكُنُ قَلِيْلًا مِنْ سَكْرِ الْحُبِّ And the, the difficulty, the pain of fear is lightened, is, is made a little bit easier with the intoxication of love. فَلَوْ غَلَبَ الْحُبُّ وستولت لَمْ تَثْبُتْ لِذَٰلِكَ طاقة الْبَشَرِ Because if a person... Only experienced pure love, they wouldn't be able to take it. They would just, if a person had that experience, they would be like that man who asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for some love and stood at the top of a, a mountain with his mouth open, just gazing at the stars. Khalas, he couldn't eat, couldn't sleep, couldn't help his family, couldn't live in the world, nothing. Just completely gone in love. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in order for the servant to be able to continue and to, it, and to do things that they need to do in the world, there's a little bit of fear also in there that balances things out. Naam. So, those are, that was just one area related to the signs of the servant's love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, that I forgot to cover yesterday. So, please forgive me uh, for not doing that sooner. So, now we'll move on to bayan fadilat al rida. And this is, uh, for those who have this translation, it's chapter 17 of uh, the book. So now, I believe Sheikh Yahya yesterday, he covered uns and rida, or uh, sorry, uh, uns and shouq. Sheikh Yahya mentioned, how does uh, shouq, yearning, and uns, intimacy, relate to love? And their expressions and their degrees of love such that when someone loves their beloved and then they're distant from their beloved, they experience shauq. They yearn to be with them. They can't wait for the moment to see them again and be with them and the, close, the closeness that comes with all of that. And then so when they're distant, they experience yearning or longing. Longing. And when they're close to their beloved, then that longing, that shawq is all gone. And now you're just swimming in the ocean of uns. So then that's, that's the difference in the levels of love uh, uh, and the difference between longing and intimacy. Al-Rida is that when a person realizes and truly loves Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Imam al-Ghazali talked about the way that that's attained through ma'rifah and through uh, uh, through knowing Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala's perfect attributes through looking in existence and seeing Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala's perfect order of things and how he created everything with such wisdom and beauty and Sheikh Yahya talked about even the example of the fly or the gnat and how many amazing and wondrous things go into the way that the fly is created and that from that kind of reflection a person realizes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's beauty. And then they also reflect upon the blessings that they've been given and that we've been given. And then that bears fruit in love, recognizing Allah's benevolence, which brings about love. And Imam al-Ghazali said that recognizing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as deserving of love due to His perfection subhanahu wa ta'ala, is greater because that's unchanging. If a person reflects on just their blessings alone, which is good, which is good, but that's subject to change. A person goes through a difficulty, oh, all those blessings I have are gone, and they might not witness Allah's favor upon them the same way. So that could affect the love. But if it's based on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I love Allah because Allah is completely and absolutely deserving of love, and he is the possessor of beauty and majesty and perfection, subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's never going to change. Al-muhim, when a person realizes that, then they realize, Ya Allah, whatever you choose for me, whatever your decree is, I love you, and you are, you have bestowed upon me the greatest blessings. And I am the one who has shortcomings in witnessing those blessings. You are the one who granted me guidance. You are the one who sent the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. You gave me existence. You gave me life. You gave me iman. You gave me the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. You addressed us with your noble book, with your words, al-Qur'an al kareem On top of all of these other blessings that all of creation shares in and all of humanity shares in. And then you gave me a family, and you gave me rizq, and you took care of me when I was weak, and you assisted me, and continue to assist me, and sustain me in every single moment, in ways that I'm aware of, and more ways that I'm unaware of. Ya Allah, I love you. Ya Allah, I ask you for your love. Ya Allah, wa kullu jameel. As Shaykh Yahya was saying, one of the great imams, he wrote, uh, Rabbi يا Rabbi جزيل. My Lord, your what when you give, you give in great portion. وَكُلُّ فِعْلِكَ جَمِيلٌ. And all of your actions are beautiful. وَفِيكَ أَمْلَنَا طَوِيلٌ. And we have great hopes in you. فَجُدْ عَلَى الطَّامِعِينَ. So be generous to those who are seeking from you. But the point there, the shahid is وَكُلُّ فِعْلِكَ جَمِيلٌ. All of your actions are beautiful. You know, even if we bring it back once again, We bring it back to even the the human level. You know, if you love someone, uh, and this is the human level once again, You love someone, even if they do something, that if someone else did it, it would bother you. So why'd you do that? They spill something. Let's say for example, a cup of water, they spilled it. Why are you clumsy? You spilled the water, you got everything wet. But if it's someone you really love, Who put the water there? Who put it next to you? Is it bound to spill? No, it's not your fault. It's the water, you know. Who put it there? Right? That's how we are. That's what love does. That's what love does. So then, and that's between, you know, equals. That's between created beings. What about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Who knows what's better for you than you will ever know for yourself. As one of the Salihin even said, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of resurrection, gave me the choice to choose anyone I wanted to judge me, to be my judge on the day of resurrection, he said, I would not even choose my own mother over Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Allah is better for me than my own mother. That's love. So when you realize that, then you're content with anything Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala brings your way. That's Ridha. That's the relationship between contentment and love. When you love, you're content with whatever your beloved brings your way. And you know, Ya Allah, even though this is bitter, if it comes from you, I love it and I know there's good in it for me. And on top of that, we're people who look forward to the Akhirah, we know that not everything makes sense in this world. It's not supposed to. But we look forward to the Akhirah. So this is uh, uh, the, the fruit of love, and it's a higher degree of love, Imam al-Ghazali says. <coughs> so we'll look at the verses of Qur'an. بَيَانْ فَضِيلَةُ الرِّضَاءُ أَمَّا الْآيَاتِ, and this is chapter 17, فقوله تعالى رضي الله عنهم ورضوا about the Sahaba, رضي الله عنهم, وارضهم, The companions of the Prophet Uh What can be said about the companions? When you start talking about love, Allah bless you. When you start talking about the companions of the Messenger of Allah sallam. That what can be said about the generation that took directly from the Messenger of Allah وسلم, That when Allah created them, اختصهم لنبيه صلى الله عليه وسلم He selected them, all of creation, to be those who would be with Him at Badr, those who would be with Him at Uhud, those who would be with Him through thick and thin alayhi wa wasallam. رضي الله عنهم ورضوا عن. Allah is well pleased with them and they are pleased with Him. رضا رضي الله عنهم ورضوا عن. ذَٰلِكَ لِمَنْ خَشِيَ رَبَّهِ That's for the one who has a a fear and a humbleness before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَقَالَ تَعَالَى هَلْ جَزَاءُ الْإِحْسَانِ إِلَّا الْإِحْسَانِ Is not the reward of goodness, anything but goodness? And then Imam Al-Ghazali says, that's a verse of the Qur'an, Imam Al-Ghazali explains and says, وَمُنْتَهَ الْإِحْسَانِ رِضَ اللَّهِ عَنْ عَبْدِهِ And the furthest uh, extent and the greatest of goodness that can be given to you is Allah's contentment with His servant. And this is the reward for the servant being content with Allah. What is it that we say uh, the dua of the Prophet ﷺ, that we should say every single day? رَضِيتُ Billahi Rabba, وَبِالْإِسْلَامِ وَبِسَيْدِنَا مُحَمَّدٍ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ نَبِيًّا وَرَسُولًا When we say that, now we understand what it means when we say رَضِيْتُ بِاللَّهِ رَبَّا I am content, I am well pleased with Allah as my Lord رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ وَرَضُوا عَنْهُ وَبِالْإِسْلَامِ دِينَا bi مُحَمَّدٍ صَلَّى اللَّهُ I am content with Allah as my Lord and Islam as my religion and with our master Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa as my prophet and messenger. Huh? So this is the the reward for ha- having rida with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as he grants you his rida. Jalla Jalalu. Wa qala ta'ala wa masakinah tayyibatan fi jannati adn wa ridwanum min Allahi akbar This is what Shaykh Yahya referred to yesterday in the Mawlid. Allah says, and in paradise they will be granted good and beautiful homes in the garden of Aden, And then Allah says, and contentment from Allah min akbar." and even greater than that is Allah's good pleasure that He bestows upon His servants. فَقَدْ رَفْعَ فَوْقَ جَنَّاتِ الْعَدْنِ He has elevated and honored His Ridha. He has stated that His Ridha is above and greater than even this level of paradise known as Adin. Nah. And then as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, akbar." So Imam Al-Ghazali says, Allah has stated that his contentment for the servant is greater than paradise. Just as he stated that his remembrance, أكبر, Allah's remembrance is greater than even salah. Allah talks about Salah, that Salah uh, prevents one from uh, corruption and, and bad deeds. And the remembrance of Allah is greater. What does that mean? He says, That means that witnessing the one you are remembering in the Salah is greater than the form of the Salah. Is everyone with me? Witnessing the one you are praying to and remembering him in the prayer is greater than the prayer itself. That love and presence in ibadah is like the soul for the body. Without it, the act is dead. So then Imam Al-Ghazali says, بل, uh, So then he says, al Jannah, a'la min al Jannah." So just as remembering Allah in prayer is greater than the prayer itself, having Allah's contentment in Paradise is greater than Paradise. And that's one of the things, we talk about Paradise and Paradise and Jannah and all of these things, and Imam al-Ghazali, at the degree that he's talking about, obviously we can seek those things because we're told to seek those things. The Prophets and Messengers ask that from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it's as if, as one of my teachers said beautifully, it's as if, let's say for example, Uh, you know, a, a metaphor that we can relate to in this world. Let's say the most generous king in the world invited everyone to his palace. And everyone who comes, whatever they're going to ask for, they'll be given. I want land. You want land? Okay, that plot of land is yours. I want gold. Here's gold. I want this. I want this. I want this. And the king is generous, gives everything what they want. And then remains one person. They're not asking for anything. Everyone's gone. <coughs> then the king says, What do you want? And that person says, I want you. Everyone goes back with what they have, and this one takes everything. That's what we're seeking. <laughs> the good pleasure of the Lord of Paradise is greater than Paradise itself. Na'an. And even in paradise, the people of, of uh, uh, Jannah, the Prophet sallallahu says in a hadith, "Inna Allah taala lil Allah subhanahu wa taala, He uh, uh, has a particular manifestation uh, uh, for the believers, and He asks them, "Saluni, ask me, whatever you want." They're already in paradise, and the believers will say, "Rilak." We want your good pleasure. And think about this. Remember we were just talking, actually this is, alhamdulillah, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we were talking about love and fear. So even the the lover, in their love, they're never fully secure. They're never fully secure. But then in paradise, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestows his Ridha. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestow His rida upon all of us. Ya Rabbil Alameen. May we all we, all be asked this by Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. May we all be close to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks the believers this. Say, Ameen. Ameen, Ameen, Ameen. Wa ma thalik ala Allahi bi aziz. We're asking from the one who is generous. I what I was saying. Anyway, so, uh, Allahumma salli wa ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa alin. The security, thank you. That uh, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that to the people of paradise, that He says, I bestow upon you my rida and I will never be angry with you ever after this. When you have that rida, you have that love. And above the degree of love, and you're secure. It's never going to change. It's never going to change. And then that fear, it's gone. And you're just swimming in the ocean of Rida. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us that. Now, so then Imam al Ghazali says, So them asking for Rida. After gazing upon the noble countenance of Allah is the, the perfection of the blessings that they've been given. It is the completeness of the blessings of paradise. Now <clears throat> so then Imam al-Ghazali says, النظر- النظر So, in summary, there is no degree in paradise greater than gazing upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it doesn't mean that a rida is a greater pleasure than gazing upon the countenance of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, but that a rida is dawam min It is that you continuously and unceasingly gaze upon Allah. That's rida. Is instead of being able to look upon the noble countenance of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala periodically in Paradise, that's all I want in paradise. So when they ask for Ridha, they say, Ya Allah, uh, palaces and all of these things. And Allahu A'lam what the real reality of those things are in paradise. Ya Allah, I want you. And I want to gaze upon you. And uh, uh, that's what Ridha is. Unceasing, gazing, uh, unceasingly gazing upon the noble countenance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when they realized that the goal of all goals, the end of all ends, and the highest point of all aspirations, when they were able to gaze upon his noble countenance is that, then Allah asked them and commanded them to ask. They only asked for the, the, the permanence and the, continuance, uh, the continuation of that blessing. Now, so, the Rida is Sababu dawami al hijab. It is always and everlastingly having the veil removed. That's Rida. Yalla Rida, Yalla Rida, wal amma May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us rida. And then as Shaykh Yahya covered yesterday, it's worth mentioning again. Allah says in the Qur'an about paradise, and we have more to give. That people see all of the blessings of paradise. And Allah says, and we have more to give. There's a time known as the time of mazid, the time of increase. So the Mufassireen said, the people of paradise will come at the time of increase. And that Allah will have three gifts to give them. And the first gift is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, min ta'ala fil jinani And then that they will be given a gift in paradise that they didn't ever have before. So they have all of the blessings of paradise. Anything that crosses your mind, you have it. Allah will give them things that they never had and never even thought of before. And Allah says, A person, no person knows what has been hidden for them in paradise. That will be the coolness of their eyes, the sweetness of your eyes. It is hidden for you in paradise. So you don't know what it is until you get there. That's the first of the gifts. والثانية, عَلَيْهِمْ مَنْ رَبِّهِمْ The second of the gifts is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Rahim." So Allah will address the, the, the people of Paradise and say, Peace, a word from a merciful Lord. And, and the reality of that, none of us can imagine it now. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Rabbul Izza will address us and say Salamun Qaulan min Rabbir Rahim. Salam, peace, a word from a merciful Lord. And then the third of the gifts is that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will say to the to the people of Paradise, Inni Ankum Radin, I am well pleased with you all. فيكون ذلك أفضل من الهدية والتسليم فذلك قوله تعالى ورضا من الله أكبر So that will be even greater than the first two. The gifts that are stored for them and Allah uh, uh, saying salam to them that when He bestows His ridwan upon them it will be the greatest of all blessings. There are the ahadith. Now we'll look at the ahadith related to ridha, related to uh, contentment. وَأَمَّا الْأَخْبَارِ فَقَدْ رُوِّيَ أَنَّ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمْ سَأَلَ قَائِفَةٍ مِنْ أَصْحَابِهِ مَا أَنْتُمْ This is a powerful hadith. This is a powerful hadith. It's been narrated that the Prophet ﷺ saw a group of his companions and he said, What are you? Not who are you, what are you? فَقَالُوا مُؤْمِنُونَ We're believers. Yani look at the iftikhar. Look at the honor they have with their iman. You know, people nowadays, we're all trying to find ways to define ourselves. Who am I? What am I? How do I find something that defines me? For them, the definition was clear. We're believers, we're servants of Allah. Everything is in relation to our Lord. Everything is in relation to the inner life, which is true life. فَقَالَ Sallallahu So then the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu asks them, مَا عَلَامَةُ imanikum. This also teaches us don't make claims. What, is, what are the signs of your iman? What are the signs that this, that this title, this noble title that you have attributed to yourselves, what are the signs that it's accurate? We are patient during calamities. And we are thankful in times of ease. And we are content with the blows of fate. Is, would you say the Sidi Muhammad? Is that a good translation? What would, how would you translate that? Oh, I, I remember hearing that from Shaykh Noor. That we are, or from his students, we are content with the blows of fate. Think of that word. We are patient in calamity, thankful in times of ease. And we're content with the blows of fate, of fate, of the qada, of the decree, the divine decree, because sometimes it comes like a blow. But we're content. لا إله إلا الله حسبنا الله ونعم الوكيل. Inna lillahi <laughs> wa inna ilayhi raji'un. Allah is enough for us, and the best of caretakers. To Allah we belong, and to Him we are returning. We remind ourselves. Of the proper perspective, even in those moments. So when they said that those were the qualities that they mentioned to the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu he said, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, مؤمنون ورب الكعبة. By the Lord of the Kaaba, you are believers. That that statement that you said is true. By the I swear by the Lord of the Kaaba, you are believers. He said praising the Sahaba at the the wisdom and the accuracy of their response and how they highlighted the most important things. He said you are sagacious, you are wise and you are scholars, you are knowledgeable and from the depth of your understanding you are almost like prophets almost like prophets. There's no prophet after the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu but it's showing the degree of their iman. And the sahaba radiyallahu anhum, the prophets and messengers, are of the highest degree, and then the sahaba and the siddiqeen are immediately uh, after them in degree. Radiyallahu anhum ajma'een. So look at the way that the messenger of Allah sallallahu uh, praised them. <clears throat> he said in another hadith, Salawatullahi alayhi, Man radiya min Allah ta'ala bil qalili min al rizq, radiya Allah ta'ala minhu bil qalili min al amal. Whoever is pleased to receive a little bit of provision from Allah, this means enough. but not, You know, and the human being, the nafs, it has the the, in, the, the, the desire for always to have more. Prophet said, if a human being had an entire valley full of gold, they'd want another one. They wouldn't say, oh, Al-hamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, I don't need anything else. I have a whole valley full of gold. They say, Okay, now how can I invest? I'm going to do this. I need to kind of think about how I'm going to use it. How can I get more? I have a whole valley full of gold. How can I even use all that? Anyway, that's the way that we are. But, if a person has if a person has contentment, if they are content with just a little bit of provision from Allah, Allah is content with them uh, just giving a little bit of good deeds. In other words, let me rephrase, that's not a good translation, that uh, Allah is content to receive from them a few good actions. Because of the state of their heart, their contentment with Allah, that suffices them. That suffices them to do the basic good deeds and a, a, a little bit more and Allah accepts that from them. Yeah. If Allah loves a servant, He tests that servant. in صَبَرُ If the servant is patient, اجْتَبَاهُ Allah uh, ijtibah and Istifa are similar Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kind of elevates them or selects them for a higher degree so that's patience فَإِن رَضِيَ إِصْطَفَاهَ and if the, the servant is content with whatever Allah decrees then Allah gives them an even higher degree of uh, uh, elect nature and, and being selected in an even more unique way an even greater distinction from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala والسلام, On the day of resurrection, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give a particular segment of my ummah, of my community. He will give them wings. So they will fly straight from their graves into paradise. <laughs> Imagine that, everyone's like, What's happening? I have to wait. They're straight up. Like Sayyidina Ja'far al-Tayyar radhiallahu anhu arda. Like the cousin of the Prophet Sallallahu so Alaihi Wasallam, Sayyidina Ja'far. min quburihim al jinan. So they fly straight from their graves to paradise. wa <laughs> And they roam around paradise and they take whatever from its blessings as they please. Fataqool lahumul malaika. So the angels will say to them, Did you go through the judgment? Like, how did you get here? Did you go through the account and the judgment? Hmm? Easy. Easy pass, yeah. But you don't get charged. Easy pass charges you. <laughs> the angels, the, these people who have wings, they say, we didn't see any judgment. They say, did you go over the bridge, over hellfire? We didn't, see a, we didn't see a bridge. Don't know what you're talking about. Did you see the fire? They said, We didn't see anything. Whose ummah? Which prophet are you from there? Uh, from, from which, from which prophet? How would you translate that saying? From whose ummah? Yeah, nice and simple. So they would say So then they will say We're from the Ummah of Muhammad So then the angels will, will say We ask you by Allah Tell us what it was that you used to do in the dunya We just had two qualities We all just had two qualities اللَّهُ هَذِهِ بِفَضْلِ رَحْمَتِهِ And Allah, through His grace and mercy, granted us this particular rank. فَيَقُولُونَ What are those two qualities? فَيَقُولُونَ ah, Two qualities, they're easy, right? So, Bismillah. But no, everyone should have an intention. Before I say what I'm going to say, everyone should have an intention. We're going to have those two qualities. We're going to try to have those two qualities. And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala wali al-tawfiq. Uh, so they say, "Kunna idha khalauna nastahi an That when we would be alone, we would be too shy to disobey Him. Whenever we would be alone, we would be too shy to disobey Him. That's number one. The second one is, "Wa bil-yasiri or lana." And we are content with whatever little He provides us with. We are content with whatever little He provides us with. So then the angels say to them, يَحِقُّ لكم هذا. You deserve this. You deserve what you've been given. You had those two qualities, then you've earned it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq al Qiyamah is going to be ajaib. The day of resurrection is going to be amazing things. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put us in the sphere of rahmah, put us in the sphere of mercy. Na'am. The Prophet he also said, يَا مَعْشَرَ الْفُقَرَاءُ اللَّهَ مِنْ قُلُوبِكُمْ He would say to poor people, give Allah contentment from your hearts. تَظْفَرُ بِثَوَابِ فَقْرِكُمْ If you do that, you will successfully acquire the reward for your poverty. illa fala. And if you don't have contentment, you won't get rewarded for it. So once again, it goes back to contentment. And really that a servant, once again, we talked about the relationship between love and contentment. When you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and you realize anything that you receive from your beloved, you appreciate it even if it's something that you don't fully understand, something that maybe even in the moment is difficult and painful. He says, Ya Allah wa kullu fi'lik jameel. All of your actions are beautiful. Then Imam al-Ghazali says, and we'll close shortly, <clears throat> This is a principle, this should be written in gold. Whoever loves to know their place or what they have with Allah, but really their place with Allah, glorious and, and majestic, مَا لِلَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ عنده. Let them look at where Allah, the glorious and majestic, is with them. فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى يَنزِلُ الْعَبْدَ مِنْهُ حَيْثُ أَنزَلَهُ الْعَبْدُ مِنْ نَفْسِهِ For Allah will place the servant with him where the servant placed Allah within himself or within herself. And that's why our teachers would always say, if you want to know your place with Allah, ask yourself, where is Allah's place with you? If you want to know how valued you are, if you're important, if you're beloved to Allah, look at your love of Allah. Look at your love of the Qur'an. You know, there are people who love the Qur'an, it's like water. They can't, they can't, it's like, you know, after a while, I'm thirsty, I need, I'm parched. There are people who are like that with the Qur'an. One of the saliheen, as he was getting uh, elderly, rahmatullah alayh, he, his family, you know, naturally, he, people get busy and they have to clean and cook and they have their own lives and so forth, and he would be uh, in bed, he couldn't get out of bed. So one of his children said to him, "You know, I feel bad for you because everyone is busy and you're here alone. He said, alone? He said, whoever has the Qur'an never feels lonely. He said, I have the Qur'an. He, he was someone who memorized the Qur'an. He said, I recite the Qur'an. I'm not lonely. In actuality, as we talked about, when a person feels uns with Allah, other people coming in and taking their attention, gets on their nerves. It's like, ah, when are you gonna leave so I can be go back to uns. Now I have shok, I have shok for Allah now that you're here. When you leave I'm gonna have uns again. So that's how they are. So if you want to know your place with Allah, ask yourself where He is with you. Hm وَقَدْ مَا هُوَ أَشَدُّ مِنْ ذَلِكِ وَهُوَ أَنَّ اللَّهَ تعالى قَالَ This is another thing about the importance of having contentment with Allah, that we don't have a choice in the matter. We have to be content with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when we combine that with love, it makes it sweeter. He's, uh, the Prophet says that Allah says, نعم. ana. <laughs> I am Allah... There is no God but me, or but I. Uh, مَنْ لَمْ يَصْبِرْ عَلَى بلائي, Whoever is not patient with my tribulations, نعمائي, And is not grateful and thankful for my blessings, بقضائي, These are the same things that the, the Sahaba said. And is not content with my decree, سواي, Let them take another Lord other than I. Let's they, said that they might as well. They might as well take... Because otherwise it looks like it comes... Ah, naam, naam, naam. They might as well. In other words, they don't have a choice. They might as well take another Lord. Uh, but in other words, it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling us that we are His servants. We have to accept this. And when we go back to everything that we've said about love, then we have the proper framework to understand all of this. And then the statements of the Sahaba and the statements of the, lover, the lovers, they really, uh, they boggle the mind. How could someone really say that and mean it for maybe the level that we're at? But when they witness Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's perfection, when they witness Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's generosity, when they witness Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's wisdom, then they, they say, I don't want anything except what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cho- chooses for me. And someone even goes so far as saying, as, as Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu said, I have no happiness in life except the blows of fate. What exactly that means, Allahu A'lam. how that works in the heart of the knowers of Allah and the lovers of Allah, that's a high level, Allahu A'lam. But we we have to strive for that. Uh, Oh, there's a lot more. I'm going slow, I'm sorry. This is uh, yeah, Radiallahu anhu. Khadam to اللَّهِ sallallahu alayhi wa sallam I Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik, anhu, he said, I served the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa for ten years. fa'altu, lima He never once said to me, and Sayyidina Anas was ten years old. From the time that he was ten years old to twenty. And there's a lot of learning and a lot of maturity that takes place over that time for a human being, from 10 to 20. So he said that entire period of time, he never said to me, when I did something, why did you do that? Nor did he say to me, when I didn't do something, why didn't you do it? And this is beautiful, he never said about anything that happened. I wish that never happened. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, never said, I wish that never happened. وَلَا فِي شَيْءٍ لَمْ يَكُنْ And about something that never occurred, <كَان> I wish it was like that, I wish it happened. وَكَانَ إِذَا خَاصَمَنِي مُخَاصِمٌ مِنْ أَهْلِهِ يقول دعوه لَوْ شيء لَكَانْ And if he ever as a child made a mistake and someone would rebuke him as a child from the family, the Prophet Sallallahu would say, leave him alone if it was decreed, it would have happened. So showing that the degree of the Prophet ﷺ's contentment with Allah's decree and how that translates into his mu'amala even with a child. It is narrated that Allah said to Dawood, revealed to Dawood, السلام, Ya Dawood, O oh David, to read, what would read. You want and I will. You have a want, you have an irada, you have a desire and a want, and I have my will. أريد, and it will only be what I will. أريد, so if you submit to what I will, to my will, I will suffice you of everything that you want. تُسَلِّمْ لما أريد أتعبتك فيما تريد. and if you do not submit to my will, I will uh, I will certainly make you uh, toil in what it is that you want. ثم لا يَكُونُ إلا ما أريد. and then it will only be whatever I will anyway. it will only be as I will anyway. so a person wants something, Allah subhanahu wa taala's will is all that will happen. so uh, and then I'll read one last thing from Sayyidina Abdullah ibn al-Abbas رضي الله عنه and we'll end بِإِذْنَ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى فَقَدْ uh, قَالَ إِبْنُ عَبَّاسَ رضي الله عنهما أَوَّلُ مَنْ يُدْعَى إِلَى الْجَنَّةِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ أَلَّذِينَ يَحْمَدُونَ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى عَلَى كُلِّ حَالٍ The first people to be called to paradise on the day of resurrection are those who praise Allah who say Alhamdulillah in every situation in every situation. They will be the first to be entered into paradise. Nah. And then I'll end with this last hadith of the Prophet. This is the last thing in the chapter. I promise. Oh, this will be the last thing. وَقَدْ قَالَ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَزَّ وَجَلِّ بِحُكْمِهِ وَجَلَالِهِ جَعْلَ وَالْفَرَحَ وَالْيَقِينَ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in His decree and His majesty, His ruling and majesty... He has made the tranquility, the serenity of the souls and the soul's happiness exist in contentment and certainty. فِي واليقين. In contentment and certainty. And he made uh, worries and sadness come from doubt and being displeased with the decree of Allah, going against Allah's decree. And if you think about the modern world, and you think about how people feel in the modern world, a lot of people are struggling with feelings of sadness and anxiety and various things. You know. And mental health has that conversation, is a very important conversation. But the conversation we should also be thinking about is the spiritual root behind a lot of those things. If you had rida and yaqeen, you will be content and you will feel tranquility and you will feel happiness. And the dunya and all that it promises you, it brings sadness and worries. I don't know where I'm going to get my rizq from. What if this happens? What if that? You got a plan. You got to do this. You got to do that. And so on and so forth. And the believer has certainty in Allah and contentment with Allah's decree. Doesn't mean that you can't plan. But they're not bogged down by doubt. And not bogged down by not, being, uh, not accepting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's decree. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the highest degrees of rida. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, gather us and unite us with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu in the highest levels of Paradise. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us these wings of acceptance that we fly into the gardens of His Paradise... And that we fly into uh, n- uh, the the degrees of nearness to Him and His good pleasure. Inna hu akramul akramin wa arhamar rahimin. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin. Al-Fatiha ila hadhlat al-Nabi.